Praise God. Praise Him, praise Him. Turn to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. Every now and then we need to just come back and refocus, don't we? We, read, we need to obviously tell of His excellent greatness. And we need to refocus. And sometimes, you know, because of life and the busyness and all the things happening, we need to come back. And, you know, a lot of times people would say we need to just come back and, and, and obviously confess our sins and ask God to show us. But also we need to rededicate our lives to the Lord. We need to refocus on what the Lord is saying in our lives. And he's speaking today great and mighty things. And one of the things that I've always been obviously burdened with and what we're trying to do here at Lighthouse Fellowship is Jesus said in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Go and make disciples. You see, we are not just agreeers with the Word of God. We are doers of the Word of God. We are disciples of the Lord. And whatever way God plugs you in and me in as he teaches us and he grows us up, that we should be growing in Christ. Each and every day we should grow and be more like Jesus. And we need to obviously go and, and, and to be disciples of him. And I want to talk about that today when we talk about what is a disciple? What is a faithful disciple? You know, one of the things, we will face the Lord. And one of the scriptures read here today was from 1 Corinthians where it talks about that we will all face the judgment seat of Christ one day. We will have to give an account of what we did. We will not obviously be judged as far as our salvation because it's by grace through faith in Jesus alone and we put our trust and faith in Jesus, but we will be judged for the works that we have done. Everything that we do here on this side will in one way come back when we get and face Jesus, we will be judged according to those works. And one of the things I want to hear when I go into heaven, I want to hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I want to hear that, don't you? I want to hear that. I want to do what Jesus does. You know, Jesus again said, I only do what I see the Father doing. There are a lot of needs out there today, but it does not necessarily mean there is a call to do those needs. There are particular things that we here at Lighthouse Fellowship as we seek the Lord and seek what he would have us to do. There's particular callings. There's particular tasks that God, Spirit, has for each one of us here and then also corporately as a church and how that works out. Because obviously we can't do all the things and meet all the needs out there. We can't anyway on our own only by God's Spirit, but I'm talking about what we're called to do here. And so I encourage you today, as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we listen to what I'm going to, we're going to say today, that you would take this to heart and, and may be a time where you're just coming back and saying, Lord, I want to come back. I've drifted a little bit. A little bit. I, I, I know I've been busy. I haven't really focused on the things that I should be. Maybe my priority is out of whack. I'm just coming back. You see, all of us need these times. That is, we come back to the Lord. If you'll look at John chapter 19, verse 25 through 27. <clears throat> Actually, I'm going to read, yeah, 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Maggie, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, Here's your son. 
and to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Now, many believe, obviously, that John was, the Apostle John, was the, uh, the pastor at the church of Ephesus. And obviously, we know and believe that John wrote the book of Revelation. He went on, on the island of Patmos there. And uh, when they, they, uh, the uh, emperor uh, cast him out and put him on Patmos, well, God uses that adversity, and we've heard adversity spoken of here today. He used that adversity to obviously pin under the inspiration of the, from the Holy Spirit through John to pin the book of Revelation. And that is very, very obviously, and the Bible says that uh, anybody who even reads the book of Revelation will be blessed. And so in that midst of that adversity, in the midst of that persecution, John penned that particular book. Many people believe that Mary died in Ephesus. They believe that. There are many historians that believe that. And uh, obviously there with John at the particular time and before he was put on the island of Patmos. But, but actually Mary, they believe, died in Ephesus and lived there for some time. To be a faithful disciple of Christ, there's several things I want to talk about. And as we look at this today, examine our hearts, Holy Spirit. Show us whether or not we really are walking with the Lord as followers. Again, not just agreeers with the word, not just having an intellectual agreement with that, but actually following hard after Jesus. Are we doing that? First of all, is faithful disciples of Jesus are surrendered. They're surrendered. In Matthew 4, 21, and going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, and mending their nets, and he called them, and they immediately left the ship and their father, and they followed him. John here, as we look, did not just accept Jesus as the Messiah, he surrendered his life to him. And Jesus would later explain the surrender involved a true disciple's life. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. That's Matthew 16, 24. You see, we see here that he left his job. He was a fisherman. He left his profession behind. He left his family behind. John and his brother James left the family business. They went away, and they left their father and the broken nets in his hand. They left their home. Following Jesus brought much uncertainty. It was uncharted territory. They were out of their comfort zones. And that's what will happen as you and I here, if we really will follow Jesus and be a disciple of Christ, we will surrender to Jesus. We no longer have own our life. We never have. But in the reality is we give our hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ because becoming a faithful disciple begins with surrender here. Accepting Jesus, yes, but believing and trusting him as your Lord. Sometimes I'll go back, and I've mentioned this before, is that I'll recon, uh, surrender the, my, my, my life to him and my house to him, my family to him, my car to him, my, any monies I have, finances to him, whatever it may be. I surrender it and I put it in his hands. I surrender all to Jesus, all to him. 
I owe. I no longer am my own. I've been bought with a price, the precious blood of the lamb, you see. But you see, it may require that you leave some things behind when you deny yourself. It may require that you lift some things up. You take up your cross daily. It may require that you live some things out and you follow Jesus. The Christian life is more than just a one-time decision. It is a daily walk every day. We should get up and we need to surrender to the Lord, everything. And actually, I'll ask, many times I'll say, Lord, what are your plans for me today? What are we going to do today, Lord? What is it we're going to do? He walks with me and he talks with me along life's merrily wonderful way and we walk with Jesus we follow after Jesus and he's with us and so why not submit your plans for today and for a lifetime but every day renew that and surrender and say what are you going to do today you see it's about following Jesus and sometimes we forget about that and we get in these ruts and we begin to become strained and stressed and so forth. And it's because we've gotten back and we've gotten control of our lives. When we release control of our lives to Jesus, he takes it from us and life goes a whole lot better. It's a daily walk with Jesus. In 1 John chapter 2, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Doing the will of God. What is the one thing that you want to do in life? That is to be obedient. The one thing you want to do is to do the will of the Father. I remember sometime... It's been some years ago, and I forgot where I was, but I can see when I, I, Cindy and, and, and my, my daughter, our daughter Allison, was sitting in front of me, and we were talking about hospice, and we were talking about how you go in and, and give support to people who, who uh, be, are beginning to leave this world. How do you do it? And, and it's kind of like it was a puzzle in her mind. She probably doesn't even remember that... that uh, that she asked this question at that time, but I'll never forget it because I remember right. I remember where we were sitting, and she asked the question, and she looked at me, and she she said, "Dad, why do you do what you do?" And I remember it struck me in the heart. It's because my desire and my longing in this life is to do the will of the Father. And it was the same thing that Jesus did. He said, I will do your will and I will only do what you tell me to do and what I see you doing. To do the will of the Father. You see, a disciple will have one purpose for living. That is to gaze upon the Lord, Psalm 27, to worship him in his temple and to be obedient, to follow him wherever he leads, no matter where they are. If you're a true disciple, you'll want that in your life. In Luke chapter 9, it says, And it came to pass... That as they came in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee wherever you go. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I'll follow thee. But let me first go bid them farewell. 
Let me say goodbye to them, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. People don't want to somehow sacrifice personal aspirations. Those things in life that we don't, we want to accomplish for ourselves. Many times we have plans, we have goals, and I don't have any problem with that. But look for God possibly to disrupt those plans and goals if they're not in line with his plans and his goals. We don't want to sacrifice personal aspiration. We somehow think, well, I don't know if I have any aspirations. Oh, yeah, you do, one way or other. What's your purpose here? To serve the Lord and follow him or somehow to do what you desire to do. But we don't want to do that. And people don't want to sacrifice family obligations. He said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my fathers. He said, no, follow me. Drop it all. I have to be first place in your life. I have to obviously have your life and all of your life, not just a half-hearted commitment, but if you want to be my disciple, you've got to surrender all. But also, people don't want to sacrifice close relations. He said, Lord, I'll follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell. Let me say goodbye, which are at home at my house. And, and Jesus makes a very sobering statement in verse 62. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You see, what happens is, is that we give our lives to the Lord, and then adversity comes. And then the devil hits us because when, when you begin to walk with Jesus, Satan will hit you full force. He doesn't want you to be a, a, a disciple of the Lord. He'll, if you're sitting here and, and you know, you, we're just kind of hanging out in this world, then he allows you to be because you're not having an influence on other people's lives. You're not having an influence on the environment around you. But if you begin to step out for Jesus, when you get out of your comfort zone and you begin to obviously walk with the Lord in closeness, Satan will hit you full force saying, don't do that. And what happens when sometimes we make decisions at that time or whether or not we'll look back at the old life and say, oh, I wish I had that old life back because then I wouldn't have the adversity that I had. That's what happened with the Israelites when they were taken out of Egypt. They were actually delivered from slavery a symbolic of us being delivered by the blood of Jesus, certainly. And there the blood was obviously, you know, applied over the doorpost there and the death angel went by and all. And so they looked back and they said, oh, can't we just go back and get the garlic and the leeks and the onions? Can't we get that? I, I like that stuff back then. And they forgot they were in bondage. You see, we go back and we bleed somehow. That it was all better back here and the warfare wasn't like what it was because you were in Satan's camp. You were in an enemy of God when you were not saved. Yeah, actually, the Bible tells that. And so we, wanna, we look back, but Jesus said, don't look back. It's serious business. Look ahead. Move ahead. Move out. Get out of your comfort zone. You'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. Do what God tells you to do. All of us are gifted in this place. And if we waste those gifts and we stand before him and he said, you had this gift and you didn't help my body. You didn't help the, the body of Christ. You didn't do this for, that, for what I called you to do and so forth. You will stand there. There's grace. Yes, thank God. But one day we will face him. He says, you're not worthy. Don't look back. We'll be fit. For anything, because when you'll be tossed to and fro, if we don't have confidence in the Lord, we've got to have confidence. 
Jesus is not looking for half-hearted commitment. He seeks surrendered faithful disciples. We don't look back at that old life or a half-hearted commitment here. We've been saved by grace through faith. Praise God and we'll thank Him forever throughout eternity. We'll be worshiping Him in the 10,000 times of 10,000 around the throne of God, praising Him, worshiping Him. We need to obviously get just get out and do what God calls us to do. But also faithful disciples may fail at times. Matthew 26, 37 says he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry you here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not, I, not my will, but, but your will be done. And he comes back to the disciples and finds them asleep. And he said unto Peter, What could you not t- watch with me or tarry just one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, they failed Jesus. Jesus said, Pray for me. I'm getting ready to go and face something you don't have any understanding of when I go to Calvary. You don't understand it. Pray for me. And they all fell asleep. You ever felt that way? I'll start praying. And I know it's something important that's going on in my life or somebody else's life that I should be standing in the gap for and interceding. And I'll sit down and it get a little warm and so forth. And I'll just go, boom, I'm gone. Boy, the flesh is weak. Jesus is saying, yes, we all will fail him at one time or another. But he's saying today that I will restore you. I will, I will build you up. I am the lifter of your heads. He'll lift us up sometimes, but he restores disciples. The devil says you need to stay down, and Jesus will get back up again. I'm restoring. I'm the God of restoration here. The third thing is, is faithful disciples remain when others leave. John 19. Now they, there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. And then saith to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her in, unto his own home here. You see, John went deeper and further in his relationship with God. He was never dissatisfied just to be a disciple. He, he was the one that was leaning on Jesus' breast at the Last Supper. And not Judas betrayed Christ. John was faithful. Peter denied Christ. John was faithful. When others watched from afar, John was at the cross. And when the others were hiding from fear, John was at the cross there. He remained there. You see, there was a great risk to stand at the cross during this time because if they associated, we know John, with Jesus, they may have crucified him. They were obviously in a crucifixion fit in crucifying people, and they do it in a heartbeat. And so he remained. He, He didn't turn away. And sometimes when adversity comes in your life and my life and so forth, we get busy and we say, oh, we would never turn away from the Lord. But sometimes in our apathy, Sometimes in our zeal, sometimes in our, our, our passion for Jesus, it begins to wane, doesn't it? It begins to pull back, and we draw back, and we begin to sort of like drift away, and we get out of the Word of God, and we get away from our prayer life, 
and we begin to become just sort of like the world. Isn't that right? Comes to us kind of like the world. And Jesus is saying, remain when the time comes. Remain when they call you something that you want to, don't want to be called. Remain when you know that you're standing by faith in something that can't be seen, but you know deep down in your heart and you believe it's going, God's going to bring it about and everybody around you calling you crazy. Remain. He's saying that today to you and me. We don't hit, have the persecution here in this country like they do in others. And more others would say, I'm going to remain. And they won't budge in their faith in Jesus. But one day I believe there will be like that. I believe it's coming a time even here today. And so this sermon is in preparation. Remain in the Lord. We need to get, have boldness to be faithful disciples. There's a time to be silent, but there's a time where we speak up and we stand no matter who tells us otherwise. I'm not talking about arrogance. And I'm not talking about not seeking counsel. And I'm not talking about not seeking prayer. I'm talking about down deep in your heart. The fourth thing is faithful disciples live in the Spirit. Revelation 1.10 I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book, and I'll send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia here. We live in the Spirit, don't we? When you live in the Spirit, you'll hear Christ. When you live in the Spirit, you'll see Christ. When you live in the Spirit, you'll be used by Christ. And when you live in the Spirit, you'll be comforted by Christ. John chapter 14 said, The works that I've done you will do, and greater works you will do. Get out and do what Jesus did. Love people, pray for people, believe in, in the things that Jesus did. Stand confidently no matter what it is. Pray for one another. I love, you know what I really love? I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be real straight with you today. I love for other people to pray. I pray, and many times it's expected of me. I'm the pastor. Jim, you're the pastor. You've got to pray, okay? All right. I'm talking about everybody in this congregation, every Christian. When they pray for one another, I love that. That is music to my ears. Because I know when they're praying like that, it's not just going through a rote type of statement or stating something. It is actually stating what's flowing from their hearts because they believe what they pray and they're believing for what they're asking for and faith is released and the miracles of God begin to be displayed that I love to see. I love to see that, you see. And the thing is, is that we're all ministers. I believe in the ministry of the laity. I believe that wholeheartedly and that's why when we equip people for praying with people and doing these things, I believe in that. Power's released today. When you pray, it's a powerhouse in this place. If we pray and believe God, by the way, anybody want to join us here, not this anytime on Wednesday night, but not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday night, be the first Wednesday night in August, we're going to go over to another church here in Lake City, over off of 646, and we're going to join with them in their prayer time together. Their church that uh, we've hooked up with, that we feel that God has done something and, and put, is putting us together. And the church is over off of there. And we've 
uh, Jerry and I have visited with the pastor and a couple of their uh, congregation, the keyboard guy and, and another. And I want to tell you today, I called him last week and I said, can we, is that something y'all be? He said, man, we've been talking about you. He said, we want to, you to come over. We want to, we want to spend time together. Unity in the body of Christ today. So any of you, if you're not able to, but that Wednesday night you're available, we welcome you. We meet here by 6.30 and come in and we'll all go to this other church over here and, and we, I feel God's put us together and I believe he's tearing down walls because I don't believe in walls in the church. I believe God's tearing down walls. Hallelujah. He's tearing them down. Across barriers, racial barriers, ethnic, social, economic barriers, everything. God is just destroying them. Before he comes back, they're going to be demolished in the body of Christ. It has to be. We cannot continue on without the unity. There's love in all. We've got to love the body of Christ. And so if you would like to do that, come on over. We'll pray together. We're going to pray with them. And have a good time, I'm sure. It's the spirit of the Lord I know is going to be poured out. And I believe that with all my heart. Disciple, you see today, disciples look at people. They don't look at labels. Isn't that good? They don't look at labels. They don't look at tags. They don't look at billboards. They don't look at marquees. They look at people. And they see people and the value in people's lives. And building one another up in love, reaching the unity. Ephesians chapter 4 is coming about in the body of Christ, you see. That's the one exciting thing to me across the whole body. Just God's Spirit moving across that. I want to tell you, you'll remain when other people depart, you see. We're being at a crossroads. You're going to remain? Are you a disciple? Do you believe what this Word of God says? Or do you believe that we're just kind of hyping it up? We're not hyping it up. We're not even close to hyping it up. But if you believe the word of God, I believe you're going to see something so great and magnificent as God begins to move. The power of God being released. Great things are being done for his kingdom. A true disciple. It was spoken of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 today. I think maybe Betty read it, but Love passes all things. Love remains there. And if we don't love one another and we don't stand with one another and with Jesus and we don't love the body of Christ, then what are we doing? I want to tell you what we're doing. I'm going to read this. And this is to the book of Hebrews. This is Eugene Peterson's uh, kind of paraphrase of some things. But this is his opinion. And this is an introduction to the book of Hebrews. It seems odd to have to say so, but too much religion is a bad thing. We can't get too much of God. We can't get too much faith and obedience. We can't get too much love and worship. But religion, the well-intentioned efforts we make to, quote, get it all together for God, can very well get in the way of what God is doing for us. The main and central action is everywhere and always what God has done, is doing, and will do for us. 
Jesus is the revelation of that action. One main and central task is to live in responsive obedience to God's action revealed in Jesus. Our part in the action is the act of faith. But more often than not, we become impatiently self-important along the way and decide to improve matters with our own two cents worth. We add on, we supplement, we embellish, but instead of improving on purity and simplicity of Jesus, we dilute the purity, clutter the simplicity. We become fussily religious or anxiously religious. We get in the way. That's when it's time to read and pray our way through the letter to the Hebrews again, written for, quote, two religious Christians for Jesus and Christians. In the letter, it's a Jesus and angels, or Jesus and Moses, or Jesus and priesthood. In our time, it is more likely to be Jesus and politics, or Jesus and education, or even Jesus and Buddha. This letter declare, deletes the hyphens, the add-ons. The focus becomes clear and sharp again. God's action in Jesus and we are free once more for the act of faith, the one human action in which we don't get in the way, but on the way, in capital letters. It's true, isn't it? Religion. Becomes Jesus and a hyphen. A hyphen. You see, it's Jesus plus nothing and minus nothing. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we read here, so as we talk about how can we go through this time, I believe we're in a time of transition. I believe that God is shifting some things around. I believe when we're on the rock, we won't be on those shifting sands because those shifting sands will fall and will be swallowed up. But when we stand on the rock of Jesus Plus nothing, minus nothing. No hyphen, but Jesus and Jesus alone. We are to therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most high place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. What do we confess? We confess that Jesus is Lord. We draw near to the Lord by intimacy with him, spending time with him, praying to him, seeking him, 
every decision that we make in our individual lives and here at Lighthouse Fellowship should be bathed in prayer. Now, I'm not talking about which cereal do you eat. I'm talking about other big decisions should be bathed in prayer, and we only do what we see the Father doing. We'll come to unity if we'll do that. We need to take God at his word and then move out, get out of our comfort zone. Some people have negative confessions. They've been beat up by the devil. They'll hear this, God won't take care of me if I do this. If I really follow Jesus, then I believe somehow Jesus is going to trip me. He's not going to take care of me. If I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all, and the Bible says all other things will be added unto him, then I believe, I just don't believe that. And somehow, and the devil comes along and says, you know, God doesn't love you. You know, you've hit this diversity because God really doesn't love you and, and all. You'll hear this. He'll tell you he's the father of all lives. And sometimes people will hear, you know what? I'm too far gone. I'm too late in life to be able to start anew. That's what the devil's telling you. That's not what God is telling you. And some people have these negative confessions. And they need to be delivered of these things. And they need to be, those strongholds need to be broken. Because I am a child of God. I have the victory in Jesus. I am more than a conqueror. I'm a child. I'm an heir of God. I'm a co-heir with Christ, the Bible says. I am victorious. I am strong in Jesus. I can do what Jesus tells me to do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These are the word of God. Strongholds need to be pulled down. The lies that maybe you've heard over years, sometimes maybe, you know, erroneous preaching sometimes, God forbid. Things you need to hear what God has to say. And then it goes on to say, listen to this. Encourage love in each other. We are community here. We are in the family of God. We are family here. Encourage one another. Do not talk about one another. Do not gossip. Do not say these things. And begin to build one another up as we see the day approaching according to the word of God. In verse 25, I believe he says prioritize worship privately and corporately. Many have fallen away. They're not in church. The devil has beat them up, and they're outside the church. And many people, I don't need the church to be saved. No, Jesus saved you. But you need to get in church because it builds your faith up. You need to be in church today. The devil, you, you stay out sometimes, and when you do, you and I both know that you'll get beat to death. The devil will hit you hard and say, you don't need to go up now. You've gone too far. You've gone too far. You've stayed out too long. Don't go back. Because they'll be looking at you. And they're going to judge you. Baloney. We love one another. We encourage one another. We stand with one another. No matter what the problems are. No matter what adversity people have gone through. We're meeting together for our personal growth. For equipping and for transformation. We are disciples. Followers of Jesus. We do what he does. And when we focus on the Lord first and others... And then we focus on ourselves. Nowadays, we, it's we, me, 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 my, 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 my. Instead of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And others, you see. When we don't meet together, it brings dis- discouragement. We don't want to sow discord, discouragement and doubt. 
it needs to be a priority. What are we going to, what's going to happen? I believe we're going to see greater signs and wonders. We're going to see God do great and mighty things, more miracles. I believe that. People will receive breakthroughs, I believe, that will give them greater freedom in Christ and intimacy with Jesus. It's about a relationship with Jesus. I believe we're going to see breakthroughs take place. If you need a breakthrough today, then you're a candidate for a move of God's Spirit in your life, okay? You're a candidate. I believe we're going to have higher levels of joy as the Lord draws near. In his presence is the fullness of joy. In Psalm 16 it says. Fresh grace I believe he's going to give to persevere. But we can't draw back. We've got to press into the Lord. We've got to focus on our prayer life. And the Lord will release new life in us. Because refreshing. Times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. I was telling the Lord this morning. I said Lord you know what I want. You know, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen. The presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, when we're in the presence of the Lord, and let me tell you, there's nothing like it. I'm going, Lord, I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to experience your presence in that way. I want to experience your presence like that now. Come, Holy Spirit, and touch us today. If you wandered, if you strayed, and you want to be a disciple of Jesus, commit your life to him today. Commit and say, I want to be a disciple for Christ. That's all you do. God, just open your heart. And God will fill it. The Bible says that you're just to open your mouth and hear you say, I'll fill it. Open your heart. He'll fill it. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, your truth. We thank you. There are breakthroughs coming in this place, and there are greater signs and wonders that will take place because the Bible says that they will follow us who believe. Bless this church. Bless the ministry. Fill us afresh with your spirit. Give us a new zeal and give us a new walk with you. We rededicate our hearts and lives to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.